0: Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you are made for more. Here's our latest message. You guys doing well? Awesome. Hey, um, if you can, turn to your Bibles. Who brought their Bibles in the house of God this morning? I got my Bible right here. Some of you guys raising your phone. That's all right. There's no shame. We're not judging. We're not judging. Maybe a little. Kidding. Yeah, um, open up your Bibles, um, whatever form of, of uh, device you have. And we're reading in the book of John still. We're going to go through this until, uh, until we switch it up. And turn with me to John chapter 3. This is the, the most, I mean, I, I'd be curious how many people can memorize or can say uh, John 316 right I know I memorized it when I was a little boy um, a lot of us have memorized it or at least we know about it but I want to go ahead and read a couple of passages of scripture so let's read John three sixteen to 21 and it says this for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds, that what is within them, what is inside of them, will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be plain and seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Um, I was, <clears throat> had this conversation um, I was getting lunch with the pastor, uh, Thomas was with me, and then I shared this with Chase, but I was thinking about this, this we live here in America, right, and um, I'm grateful for, for my America and for my citizenship, and you've heard me share that, and what I think about politics and trying to, like, talk about one man, like, that's just dangerous to me because the world is so much bigger than just America, right? And this pastor was sharing with me that he went on a missions trip and, and it's actually um, a pastor at CVCC in Chino Hills. And he was sharing with me that for the last almost 20 years that they have been giving to sort of this movement in Kenya. And he was explaining to me that of the evil wickedness that was taking place in the, in the slums on the coast of Kenya as far south as you can go. And he was sharing with me that in the slums... During the rain season, they had like the metal up, up, upon their, their roof in the house you know, those sheets of metal, that when the rain would come down, it was so, it's so loud that the young girls leave during that time because creeps come in and, and they, they do an injustice to the young girls. They rape the young girls. Because when they scream, when they scream, no one can hear their scream because the rain is so loud upon the metal. And so during the winter time, they, they take the women out of the city somewhere else in a refuge so that they can be protected. And I was thinking about the idea of evil. Like evil is disgusting. it's gross, it's wrong. It creates an anger in you. And then the question is like, well, what, what will be done of this evil then? Like, who will go and help these, these young women? Who will help the, 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 the little children that are sex trafficked and, you know, all of the news and how we're, we're starting to understand the depth of it. Like, who will help this space of this evil and this injustice? What is the solution? Well, I would say that true love will come against hate. Would you agree with that? True love at the... Deepest core of agape that comes from God, that love will always come against hate every time. And I would also say that true light will come against darkness, will come against evil, will come against wickedness. Light will invade the dark spaces of our world. But the problem is that darkness is in you and me. We are the ones to blame. It's not God. We look at God with such a shallow spirituality, and we say, God, how could you do this? How could you allow this? Not realizing the theological perspective that you and I were Adam, and we were Eve, and we chose over and over and over again not to listen and obey what God says of us because we get this American superiority where it's like, you don't tell me what to do. Not realizing that when we obey God, he brings life to us. Not realizing that when we get under his kingdom, his lordship, he brings the light that was with with him in us. And it takes place and it shadows and and it overwhelms and it exposes the darkness. But friend, first it has to expose the darkness in you. Did you know that you got some darkness in you? Some evil within you? If I had a title for this conversation, it would be love and judgment. We love to talk about love, don't we? I do. I love love. I love the idea of love. But if we're not careful, we will miss that with true love comes true judgment. How could a judge accordingly think through what's taking place in a verdict and in a situation with the victim, how could a true, healthy judge do that if, if he or she does not have true love within them? And that's also the problem that we live in, right? There's a, there's a corruption in every space that we walk into. But when I look at God, I not only see him as my father that loves me, but I need to know that he's my father that will correct me. That he will judge me. I I have to try, I mean, where do we go when we think of this horror and this evil and this wickedness that's taking place in Kenya? He also was telling me that the the, the young children, they won't name their children until they're after two years old because oftentimes they end up dying because they don't have the, the, the medicine. They don't have the antibiotics because of the slums and how disgusting and how gross, and so there's like this thing that goes around. It's like a virus that goes around and it it devours the little children and they don't have the nutrients and they don't have the food and they don't have the, the, the medicine to keep them alive. So they won't even name their children until after they're two. Does that sound like? That's sad, right? That's brokenness. That's evil that has crept into our world. So. And then I think about, you guys have seen all the, I haven't seen the movie, I've just heard stories of it. You know how like when something's like going around so, so much, you have to go watch it, yes. But like I've heard a lot about, what is it, the, the fight for freedom or? Sound of freedom. So yeah, yeah, Sound of Freedom. I have little ones, so it's like kind of hard, you know, to go to the movies and stuff, but we got to watch it. So I've, I've seen enough and I've heard enough I and mean, I've done my own research that talks about the injustice that's taking place over children in the sex trafficking world here in America. Like we're talking about here. Not anywhere else, like here. And yes, it's happening elsewhere, but like here in in our land? How is that possible? I don't know about you, man, but if I was a judge, I know what I would do with those people, right? Well, that's why I can't be judged because I'm not perfect. So I need a perfect God to judge these people. That is the beauty of the book of Revelation, by the way, and in the prophetic language of the end times, is that there will be a judge, and on his thigh it says, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's not coming down this time like how he did before. He's coming down with judgment. And some of us are like, oh, no, that makes me nervous and worried. And it's like, well, if, if you're worried, then what's going on in your soul? You should think about that. Because <clears throat> I'm, I'm ready for him to come back. But, but I got, we got work to do, though. We have work to do. So praise God that He's coming back. But if you're worried about Him coming back, then it's still about you. It's still about you. You still haven't done the deep work of discipleship. You missed it, man. It's the Holy Spirit that refines you and redeems you and does a work in you. So stop thinking about yourself. It's not about you anymore. It's about the injustice of darkness in our world. So when will you step up and come against the darkness and partner with the spirit of God? And so when I look at my king that will come down, he comes down with judgment this time over all of the things that are taking place in this world. I want that king. How about you? Yeah, grandma. Liz. Okay, so, so right now we're faced in this gospel. We're faced with one of the apparent paradoxes of the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the paradox is love and judgment. Like, well, I I want one, though. I don't like the judge part. I just want the love part. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. John has just said that it was because God so loved the world he sent his son. It was the love, it was the depth of our God that he sent his son. And later, he will go on to show Jesus saying and. Chapter 9, verse 39, if you want to write that down. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment. It's like, how can both be true? Well, that, that, that's hypocritical. It's like, well, you don't understand. Let's just read the whole thing. Let's, let's lean in a little bit more. What is Jesus trying to say? It is quite possible to offer someone an experience in nothing but love. And for that experience to turn out a judgment. Let me explain what that means. This always happens when people are confronted with greatness. We may take our friends to see some great masterpiece of art. We may take them to listen to the most eloquent of preachers. We may give them a great book to read. We may take them to gaze upon some beauty, and then we're expecting them to, like, love it like we love it. But their reactions are a judgment. They don't see it like you see it. And if they find no beauty and no thrill, then we know that there is a blind spot in their souls. Uh, like, for example, sorry, I always, Kelly, I always use that example, sorry. I, uh, I love the movie Interstellar. Like, it is my all-time favorite movies ever, period. Interstellar by Matthew McCona- McConaughey. And um, he talks about, like, the 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 quantum physics and time and light and you know i always think about like okay if i'm in a subway and i'm going really fast but like time is still going the same speed but i'm going like 100 plus miles an hour but i'm like inside the butt the like it's it's i'm not going that fast does it feel like it so there's something about quantum physics and light and time and all that stuff and so when i watched this movie i was in an airplane and it was like the best time to ever watch it and i was like oh my gosh, this is amazing, like that's probably how God is because he says to a thousand years is a, a day and a day is a thousand years and so maybe when we get to heaven because it's beyond time we will see our grandma, or our father, or our mother and they will say, oh it seems like I just saw you because of time and quantum physics and space and God's beyond all that and God loves you and that's a whole other message but I love the idea of heaven in that way, right? Right? And so when I watch this movie, I'm like, yo, you gotta watch it. Come on, you gotta watch this with me. And then she like falls asleep watching it. I'm like, okay, it must not be that good. (laughs) But that's like an example. You know, that that probably happens oftentimes where it's like, man, I got this really good book, you gotta read it. And then they read it and they're like, it was okay. Wow, I went and saw this movie. It's so amazing, you gotta see it. And they're like, the ultra-critics. I think some God needs to do some work with the ultra-critics. And they're like, oh, it's just kind of like a four. It's like, no, man, that was like a 10 to me. Well, what did you miss? Are you so focused on something that you're missing something else? What are you missing in your own soul? What are you missing in the beauty and the wonder of what is taking place? I love a story. I love an idea. It doesn't care if it's bad or it's good. Someone came with the logos of their own mind because they're created by the creator, and they made a masterpiece of something. But what happens is we go, oh, yeah, it's just whatever. No, eh. It's not good. And what happens is that individual puts judgment on themselves. They put judgment on themselves. This is with regard to Jesus, by the way. That's what we're after here. If when people are confronted with Jesus, their souls respond to that wonder and that beauty, they are on the way to salvation. Man, I'd heard about this Jesus And I heard he can change your life. I heard he can heal you. I could see the beauty and the wonder. I could feel the presence of God. There's something about this Jesus. Wow, I want that Jesus. They're on the way to salvation and they need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But they're saved. they're good. Because you saw and you gazed the beauty and the wonder and the cosmic nature of our father and you said, yes, I believe. Yes, I want to lean in. Yes, I need work to do. But if they are confronted with Jesus and they see nothing lovely, they stand condemned. Do you know that? But I just want you to be very clear something God didn't condemn you, Jesus didn't condemn you. You condemned yourself, you chose to walk away from greatness. You chose to live in the dark. You chose to live in the flesh and not the spirit. You chose the wide road where all people are instead of the small, still, hard, difficult road towards discipleship to Jesus. So don't get upset with the pastor or even God. Don't get upset with God. You chose it. I wonder how many times... And by the way, this is true for all of us, unless it's just me. Like, I, I've been that guy before. How about you? Where it's like, man, this Jesus, he's so good, and I can worship him, and I could sing to him, and I could praise him, and I could get on my knees and cry before him. But then I'm like back to my old ways the next day. I'm using the, the same words that, that would curse God. I use the same words that would curse my brother. The same words that, that, that I was praising him are the same words that I speak down to my neighbor. And so there's, there's evil in us. Jesus, he is not afraid of that, and he's not naive to that because he created you. But sin crept in. The darkness crept in. And you chose, or we chose, or I chose to, to sort of the thrill of the darkness, not realizing the gaze upon the cross of Christ, not realizing the gaze of the future that he could have for me and for you. So verse 19 to 20, watch this, where it talks about the darkness. It says, um, let me read verse 19 and 20. John three nineteen says this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. There was a man of genius who is a companion of Socrates. And every now and again, he used to break out. Socrates, I hate you for every time I meet you, you let me see what I am. Those who are engaged on evil tasks do not want a flood of light on themselves or on what they are doing. But those engaged on an honorable task do not fear the light. Have you thought about that for a second? Do you have an issue with the truth? Do you have an issue when someone says something about the way of the kingdom and then the way of the world? Does it bother you? Well, usually the area of most resistance is the area that Jesus needs to do the most work in your life. But if there is darkness and you want to hide it, you will be upset when God tries to expose it. That's why people don't like going to small groups. That's why people don't like reading the Bible in front of their brother and talking about it. That's why people don't like the word confession. That's why people don't like when you say, I got sin, don't don't judge me, man, but they know they got sin in them. It's because men and women, all of us, We have monsters inside of us. Did you know that? We're like, man, the monsters are out there. It's like, no, bro, the monster's in you. You're the scary one. You need to do the work, man. Because when push comes to shove, do you want light more that is honorable to the way of God, or do you prefer darkness because it's pleasing to your flesh? And the crazy thing is you get to choose. You get to choose. Do you want to stand condemned? Do you want to stand judged? And God didn't do it. You did it to yourself. Do you see that? The difference of that? Like that is how good our father is. He's like, man, I've given you everything. I've given you this whole space to live and to thrive and to be and to grow and to uh, marry and and to have children. Just live inside of this framework and this kingdom. And, yeah, it's got some rules. Get over it. Well, I, I don't really like that about God because he says that about me. Well, I want to do what I want to do, though, Pastor. I want to go drink whenever I want to drink. I can't stand you talking about drinking all the time. Well, what good comes of drinking, friend? Let's talk about that. What good comes from it, man? You know how many people I talk to? Over and over and over again, the addictions and the monster inside of them, it's some sort of addiction, and oftentimes it's alcohol. What good does alcohol give you? It feels good in the moment? Yeah, man, I can dance better when I got the drink. Come on, bro seriously i'm sorry i mean leave if you don't care if you don't like it i'm tired of the addictions of the devil creeping in your soul and you saying oh it's all about jesus and i love jesus but you're so fed up and you're like i I don't know what to do and it's like man you got addictions you have to get rid of you chose that stop playing with fire you're playing with fire man i love you love and judgment. But, but, like, seriously, though, honestly, again, friend, friend, I know what the Bible says. But don't use the story of Timothy and Paul. Well, well, strong drink is good for my stomach because my stomach's not doing well. Okay. What about all the other times? What is produced in the alcohol and the addiction of your life? I had a guy tell me the other day, you know, man, I'm just trying to find some girls, but I have, I lack confidence, but every time I drink, I got confidence. I'm like, well, there's the problem, bro. You guys good with this? I just want you to know there are monsters inside of you, and you're making an excuse for it. And then you're complaining and murmuring and blaming God. Friend, I got monsters inside of me. I'm working out my salvation. I have things that God has to refine. I need people close to me to point that mess out. Do you have anyone in your life that you trust to expose the light? But when they expose the light, you get upset because you like the darkness. Some of you are like, I'm never coming back to this church. (laughs) See you later. Once an architect came to Plato and offered for a certain sum of money to build him a house into none of whose rooms it would be possible to see. Plato said, I'll give you the double the money to build a house into whose every room you can see. It is only evil doers who do not wish to see themselves and do not wish anyone else to see them. Let me have you find my friends. (laughs) Such people, (laughs) such people will inevitably hate Christ. For Christ will show them what they are. And that is the last thing that they want to see. It is the concealing darkness that they love and not the revealing light. Did you know that? Have you wrestled with that? Have you gone to God with that? Friend, I mean, we say you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. You've heard that, right? You, you've got to know that the love of the Father is more consuming than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. It is beyond your grasp of intellectual comprehension. It is beyond your grasp of emotion. That love is so big and so supreme and so cosmic, you can't fathom it. It's that big. It's like trying to understand infinity and eternity. That is the cosmic love that the Father has for you. But that love he has for you, That's why he sent his son, because the darkness was too big, man, and he knew that you would kill yourself, and he knew that you would drive yourself to insanity, and he knew that your family and your children and children's children, unless Christ stood in, would be demolished because you chose it. So verse 16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. That's John 3.16. But we stop there. (laughs) Don't stop there. He came because of the evil and the wickedness that was in you and I, so that He could expose it. And those that ran from that exposure chose to not want to be with God. There are people I have met. I remember I was, uh, I was like a zealous Bible student. It's like, let's go evangelize in the streets of Missouri. It's like Springfield, Missouri. Like everyone's a Christian. <laughs> so I, we went, and it's not true. We went, and I was talking to somebody, and I'm like, Hey, man, do you believe in Jesus? You know, I'm like. I'm like 19. I'm like, do you believe in Jesus? Like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I'm like, why? Like, why not though? I'm tired of all the rules. I mean, Springfield, Missouri is like a part of the Bible Belt. They got church on every corner. I'm tired of all the rules. I'm tired of people telling me what to do. I'm tired of all that stuff. So that already, now that I'm older, that tells me he had the wrong view of God. Someone hurt him, and 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 and, and skewed his view of God, right? But then he's like, I would rather go to hell than be with God. And I was 19 years old and I couldn't believe, that's the first time I ever heard that in my life. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? (laughs) And then you get older and you realize, yeah, people would rather go to hell. People would rather indulge in their evil, indulge in the darkness. People would rather stay stuck in the secrets of their life than to allow the light to expose them because they believed a lie that if, your secrets or darkness is exposed you're shamed and that's the lie of the devil he's been lying since the garden no in fact when you come into the light you're you become healed you can become whole for generations your family can be blessed Because you made a conscious decision, both physically and spiritually, that you would choose to repent of your ways, and you were here, and now you're here, and you're going to go on a new path. But the darkness feels too dark sometimes, doesn't it? So where are you on this journey, man? Where are you? Where are you with you and Jesus when... When you look at Jesus, do you see the wonder and the beauty? You're like, what in the world have I been missing all of my life? This Jesus, this God, this king who loves me this much, I'll do anything for that king. Or do you look and listen to the lie and say, I don't want that. I'd rather have the darkness. According to the scripture, you're judging yourself when you do that. You're condemning yourself when you do that, not God, not your friends. You know, uh, Raul Reese used to tell me, or tell me, he used to tell the church, he's just terrifying me. I'm like, oh, God. He used to say, when you die, it's going to be you and God, and you're going to stand before him. And you're going to have to give an account for everything you've done. And that, I would I would be like, okay, what do I, right? I, I don't. You've been a part of this church long enough. I don't like preaching that every week because I don't want to scare you into the kingdom because I don't believe that's love. I don't want to manipulate you because of the fear into the kingdom. If you go in with fear, you will live by fear. If you go into the kingdom with a fearful view of God that he's going to beat you, he's going to condemn you, and he's going to throw you in the lake of fire, then you will live your whole life timid and afraid and scared of anything and everything. I don't serve that God. I serve a God of love. I serve a God of wonder. I serve a God of beauty. And yet, He lets me know because He's my Father hey, son, you can't do that. Staff of love, can't do that. Rod of love, can't do that. Let me recorrect. Let me readjust. You need to go this way, not that way. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. Can you say that? When you're going through a dark time and a hard time and a difficult time, can you say, man, I am his son and his daughter, his staff and his love, they comfort me. He wants nothing but goodness. He wants nothing but beauty. And I might have to go through the valley for a time, but I know he's the good shepherd of my soul. John 3.16 tells us of the width and the the depth of the love of God, it was the world that God so loved. Don't forget that part. He also loves the world. It was not a nation. It was not the good people. It was not just the Jews. It was not just the people who loved him. It was the world. The unlovable and the unlovely. The lonely who have no one else to love them. Those who love God and those who never think of him, those who rest in the love of God and those who spurn it and run from it. All are included in the vast inclusive love of God. As St. Augustine said, God loves each one of us as if there was only one of us to love. And if I could add this, there's a passage that says, what good is it for a man to win the whole world and lose his soul? And if you invert that, if if you shift that a little bit, that tells me that, that God, one soul, one soul is more important than the whole world. One to God is more important than the whole world. Yeah. That's the God we serve. That's the king we serve. So where are you? Where are you? As God told Adam and Eve when they sinned and were running in the garden, where are you? Where are you? The darkness crept in. Where are you? He let the lies come in. Where are you? You fed into the lie. You indulged into the flesh and you didn't stop. Where are you? Come with me and I will give you life. Commune with me and I will bring life and life more to the full. I'm not promising it's going to be rainbows and butterflies. But what route do you want? The way of darkness or the way of light? And so we get to choose that this morning. We get to choose that every single day. Are you guys good this morning? Will you stand with me?